For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect. That's right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. That's right. We're not experts at football, but we are expert football fans. And I'm here hanging out with my homeboys as usual. Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing, my man? Tony Don, what's up, brother? It's another Tuesday night. Football is upon us, man. We have legit football stuff to talk about. Not a whole lot yet, but, dude, we're underway. We are not far from seeing Panthers football. We're going to talk everything about this training camp, some Cam Newton disrespect, how this defense is looking. And, Tony Dunn, we're going to do it with the best Panther fans on YouTube, baby. Underground West, Trill 1, 10 Tizzy. Andy Smith, Lee Trotter, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. I like that intro. A little outline yeah. of what we're doing tonight. Well, we got CK in the house as well. How you doing, man? My man. Stuff in my face, bro. Stuff in your <laughs> face. Stuff in your face. You got to keep uh, energized for this podcast. We're going to use up a lot of calories tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. chomp, we're chomping at the bit to talk about Carolina Panthers football. We also got Greg, a.k.a. the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing great, man. And, you know, uh, Cody, you talking about the season ramping up. You know, we're going to talk about it tonight. I've really got questions about how things are going to be. I've run a fantasy football league for about nine, nine, maybe ten years now. I'm not sure. And, uh, you know, I've had player, people from the C3 Panthers podcast, Tony, C, uh, Cody, you're on there sometimes, you know, the last couple of years. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to run it, man, because it just seems pointless this year. It seems like it's going to be the year of the waiver wire. And I want to talk to you all about it tonight. But other than that, I'm happy to be here. It's awesome. C3 Panthers podcast. Yeah. Go. I mean, we're not doing the. The we've we've had a fantasy football challenge that we've run as a podcast for since the first year. I think we were doing the podcast like or the year and a half, and we've done it. I think seven years now, six or seven years, and we it's a big deal. It's forty eight teams. There's four leagues of twelve, and it's kind of complicated because you got to manually seed it at the end. So what we do is we usually take the top three from each of those four leagues, and then they advance into this super bracket. But there's so many moving parts as uh, on a normal year that this year it's. I decided it's going to be impossible for me to take a bunch of money, hold it, and you know what I mean because people will have questions at the end, like what happens yep. if we if a game gets postponed or 
you know, whatever it may be. So, yes, is that that's an interesting uh, thing that we will need to address. And, and I'm sure like DraftKings is like probably maybe they're excited about it because the traditional fantasy football kind of system is at in in dire straits at this moment. The daily fantasy seems like it would be more you know conducive to this environment but anyway we've got lots to talk about tonight we want you to be a part of the show the number is 252-228-5098 go ahead and smash the thumbs up button subscribe to the podcast we're on itunes TuneIn, stitcher uh really you can do a couple of things that to help us right one is if you're on youtube subscribe smash that thumbs up button if you're on itunes tune in whatever rate us and uh the the most important thing is is share this podcast with a friend right just like ck did he was at a restaurant a restaurant that's a nice way of saying he's getting his picking up his food and uh the popo came up to him and they said he asked him about the panthers and what do you know maybe the popo's listening right now and that wouldn't surprise greg it well, definitely wouldn't, but I mean, because you never know who's listening on the internet. Yeah, the man. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, I get that now. There you go. You have to walk me through it. The best kind of jokes are the ones you have to explain. So there yeah. you go. Or the worst jokes. The worst jokes. Um. All right. So now, all right. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers that today concluded the first padded practice. Right, full pads. I saw a cool, uh, a cool story in Cleveland where it's not like a cool story, but like some, I don't know, he's a rookie or something, and he like horse-collared Nick Chubb. And, and oh, like yeah. the whole team, like uh, David Njoku was ready to fight. The offensive coordinator was going crazy. Stefanski had to pull the guy to the side. So this is the time, you know, you actually see – helmets and pads collide a little bit and uh when it comes to the panthers it seemed like they ran i heard they ran something upwards of 86 plays in the practice time so trying to uh get a lot of repetition like basically preparing for a season that's going to have a ton of snaps that's what it seemed like to me it's like is matt rule the new chip kelly is my question but here Overall, that's all I've heard. That's all I. There was like very little news that came out of the training camp so far. Where are you guys thinking about it? Is this bizarro worlds? What is happening? We barely have anything to talk about, and this should be the only thing we're talking about. So we have a little bit of news, but it's not really enough to even shake a stick at. Uh, Cowboys defensive end Jalen Jelks was claimed by the Panthers. Um, he was released for the for the Cowboys to make room for Everson Griffin, um, and you know th- there isn't even though there's not a lot of big news. Um, some of the clips that we've seen and some of the things that we've already been hearing from our reporters has really gotten me thinking. And I don't know if you want to play those clips now, but it kind of leads into what I'm thinking about. And if there's anything that's going to give us hope this season, I, I really do think it's the defensive. Now, said, I'm playing the defensive now. clip right now. The defense isn't backing down. So the defense uh, forced, I think, three fumbles today. I saw that. Right? So... Tell me what excites you about this defense, and I'm going to go ahead, and as soon as this clip's over, I'm going to go to the next one, which is Derek Brown. 
right? And the way people have been talking, Stephen Weather, um, Weatherly last week was just raving over this guy being the next big, big thing. Um, like a beast. So this defense, yeah, it's interesting because it's been kind of our Achilles heel for the last year or two in a way where we're usually so excited about the Panthers' defense just being a top-tier yearly, a year-after-year defense. But the last two years, it has not been that. And now we're excited about the defense because of the young the the young Bucks, and it's kind of a it's a different style of defense, maybe that we're unaccustomed to when it comes to personnel wise. Yeah, um, I so to and I want to get everyone's opinion on this, and I want to sort of play devil's advocate to myself because I've been on this podcast talking about all the things that we're going to have to overcome this year: a brand new defensive coordinator, a brand new offensive coordinator, um, a, a brand new head coach. Uh, tons of young players on on the defense and the offense, and I've said, you know, that's a reason why we might not be such a great team. But to play devil's advocate to myself, you have a bunch of young guys who also know all the things that I just said, and they have a chip on their shoulder. We drafted all defense for the draft, and we brought in these guys that are expected to be the defensive stalwarts of the Carolina Panthers for the next decade or more. And the fact that you see Derek Brown already starting to uh, flash in practice, that's promising. Yeah, I mean, especially, uh, the, like you said, Tony, a defense that could not stop the run to save their life. It's promising that you have a bunch of athletic, young, dynamic guys who are going in there saying, yeah, we have a brand-new head coach, a brand-new defensive coordinator, and we're all young, but we're coming in there to whoop that ass. And it, right now, it seems like that's the mentality that they're playing and practicing with. Um, you know, this defense might surprise us. I really am starting to think so. Yeah. Um, you know, just touching back on what you're saying, the, the youth of the defense is what is what I think is the most promising aspect of it. And, Tony, you're right. It's not like the defenses we've had before. We've, we're used to a very good defense, but it's generally a veteran defense. It's guys. It's it's four or five guys who have been in the league for a while that are you know top players of their position, uh, and we don't have that this year. So it's going to be interesting to see if the well, we may, we just don't know them. Yeah, because they're not veterans, right? We right. might have those top saying, yeah. players, but you're we right. Have it a is. good defense, but it's not veterans. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm and it's kind of hard to know where your source of strength is going to be. That's I think this is that we've we've been in a like going through the twelve steps as fans this off season, right? From change it's because it's been such a drastic overhaul. And the icing on the cake or the the source of that is Cam Newton, you know what I mean? Like his but then Luke retired. So there's very we've had very little to hang our hats on, like hold on to something that's familiar. You know, we've lost our binky if we're a baby or something. And, um, you know, even like to the point that Graham Gano, right? So people are like Graham Gano's like, like how, what do you hold on to here? And the sad thing is, is that the one thing to hold on to is a lot of people don't like, and that's Marty Herney, Marty Herney. Now going back to the draft, you know, a lot of people were disappointed with Derek Brown, where the, where the Panthers went with him over, um, help me out. 
Uh, right? No, no, no. Um, uh, the, the Arizona the, kid. The linebacker. Yeah. Oh, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Simmons. Yes. So there was all of this, you know, swirling around. And one thing we know is Marty Herney, usually he nails those first-round picks. So it's not surprising now that we're three months, four months down the down the road that Derek Brown is showing you exactly why he was picked at that. And all of a sudden, and we can see that we've seen this before in 2012, 2011, our defense was freaking horrific. Right. And we drafted KK and star in that draft and immediately that team was better. Yes. Yes. Is like, that was the one. So you got KK, Maybe he's going to be long-term. And what I mean by that is maybe he'll play the whole season with us. But this defense is the thing to probably be uh, watching. And one of the things that you mentioned, Cody, was that the the new, the young, the young. But, you know, the one thing that, that's not new and young on that is Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator. He's actually the most seasoned dude on the whole staff. He's the most seasoned right. dude. Um, period. He's like the most senior guy probably in the entire building. And I did hear an interview with the, the guy who calls Temple Games, right? Is that he was on Pirate Radio, the radio show I go on with. And he said, Phil Snow knows defense. Like he knows and understands football. So even though he hasn't, co- he hasn't coached in the NFL just, you know, before, um, that's the one thing. Maybe that. Maybe we can look at Phil Snow and this young group of boys, right? Maybe, and all of a sudden they're going to be playing excited with a chip on their shoulder, like you said. If the defense is nasty, can we say it's snowing? Yes. <laughs> it's snowing in Carolina. Yes, yeah. I like it. I like in that. Carolina. If we have a great defense, that's what I'm going to say. So. We, listen, there's certainly uh... – you know, I think one of the – you made a good point there that, you know, after we drafted K1 Short and Star Lutelele, it really did change things for us to have those uh, those big, uh, strong guys right up in the middle. Like that matters to your defense, especially a team that, like I said, like we've said, could not stop the run to save their life. Uh, you know, we've mentioned a lot how Matt Rule turns around these programs, and it kind of takes a while. And I really do think that Phil Snow is equally a part of that, too. Uh, I mean, th- this is a guy that uh, he realizes how to game plan for offenses. He's not the kind of guy that's going to be fooled twice. I mean, he does know his defense. And uh, there's a reason why Matt Rule speaks of him so highly. So, I mean, listen, I think the Panthers have been known for their defense, especially in the NFC South. We have these high-powered offenses. You know, now we have Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, but the Saints have always been electric. The Falcons have always had a great offensive personnel. But, you know, the the Panthers have always been the defensive team. And I feel like... Somebody's breaking into Greg's house. (laughs) I feel like... I'm used to talking over dogs, so it's like second nature. (laughs) Um, All right, so I guess we can... It, how has there been so little news coming out of camp so far? Like, I feel like the reporters aren't even reporting. World. 
It's yeah. just weird, man. It's just a weird situation. I mean, like, that's the same thing when we think about doing fantasy. I feel like that's kind of the same thing with any reporting on football right now because it just seems superficial and almost like why even build up something that may not even actually go the long haul? We may get in one month like MLB and then have something crazy happen, you know? <clears throat> Did um, were we talking about this? I forget, but like the Cardinals have only played. Uh, I was talking uh, on Call of Duty. Half of these conversations I have with people, um, I'm talking to people on a headset that I don't know who I'm talking to. But the Cardinals, the uh, and I thought I brought this. Up, have only played five games. The St. Louis Cardinals the, uh, had only played five games, and like the Cubs have played nineteen. That's how many cancel like delays and cancelization cancellations cancel yeah. Um they've had to they're going to have to play like 10 double headers. So think about that. What happens if one team has to cancel a game? Like what does that do to the bye week? What does it do? Oh my gosh. And I yeah. am so over it. I think I'm at this point man is like it's time to just plow on with this world. Yeah, man, that that's where I've been at too. How, how about this? We're gonna have baseball, uh, basketball, hockey, college football, and professional football all going at the same time. Does that make training camp less interesting? Mm, I mean, I don't even follow basketball, and I'm already hearing about. Damian Lillard putting up crazy amount of points. Like, yeah, I do think that there is a different dynamic now that the NBA is doing their bubble thing right now. Um, but also, I, I mean, look, let's be real, man. Other than Christian McCaffrey, there's not a lot of name power to this Panthers football team. But there is no more Cam Newton. There's no more Greg Olson. There's no more Luke Kickley. Like, I mean, the the biggest news that we're hearing is like, you know, or that we're waiting to hear is, oh, how does K1 short look? You know, does he look? Uh, oh, by the way, he it? was uh, given time off from practice. He was late to practice. Him and another another senior player, Mike Davis, who is a running back that we got last year at the end of the year. You remember we picked him up and then he never played. Everybody was so kind of like, oh, we're bringing in this guy to take away snap to give Christian McCaffrey a break. And then he like had one run him and Bonifun both just had one run each. I felt like, but these guys were allowed to take their kids to their first day of school because Matt rule says being a dad is the most important job. And also, did you see Matt rule tackle the dummy and almost he did. Did you guys see this? Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, he's out there doing the defensive end drills. He didn't look good. <laughs> no. He la- no. I mean, he laid out for that dummy. Like, he went all after it, but, like, he was slow to get up. I mean, not, like, slow, slow, but it was like, you- I felt like you could almost hear in his head, like, why did I do that? That was. Wish I would have <laughs> done that. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, so, I don't know. But... All right, You're so we've got at that. that point, just trying to uh, ingratiate yourself with the players more than anything. Yeah. Oh, look at Coach doing the drill. He's doing it too. You know, like it's. I guess if know. he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Oh, uh, but had, did you guys see Brian Burns? Uh, there is a few clips on on Twitter. I probably should have grabbed them before the show, but it, they're showing him going through the same drills that Matt Rule did, and he looks like a terror dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm He's excited so about fast. Burns. I want Burns to be the guy that we latch on to next. Yeah. You know, is that I need somebody. I need a guy right now. We need a defensive player that we are excited about. Like, yeah, that we, love, that we love. That we love. That we love his style of play, even yeah. in losses. You know, Thomas Davis was like that, and that is is that even in bad games, you always had Thomas Davis to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. need a guy like that, and if Burns can be that, what if Burns turns out to be like Arvon Miller, right? That's what I'm hoping for. That's what my expectation of him is to be like that's what i need in my life is that too far-fetched for me to think that brian burns could be a von miller light player in the future no and you should hope that i mean the dude has the frame he has everything man six five incredibly long arms i mean the dude's strong he's put on weight like a lot of people in our chat room uh have said uh lee trotter says uh burns has put on weight which will help him Brad Dugan says the same thing. Andy Smith says Burns is going to light someone up this year. Yeah, everyone's excited about Brian Burns, and how could you not be? I mean, part of the reason why we drafted him is the Panthers traditionally have not had a lot of speed on the edge. Yeah, like that's just something that you know. What Michael Addison was our, our Mario Addison was our fastest edge rusher. That yeah, that was good, but that's not top tier level speed rushing around the edge so no we haven't had a speed rusher ever like a pure i'm trying to think of i mean peppers peppers was everything so like peppers was power speed he was a speed rusher in the beginning like i mean he was just untouchable but that was so long ago too you know Mm -hmm. i mean think about that is is that we we did we've had power a lot you know justin was it Justin Hardy and Charles Johnson were pretty Justin Hardy, yeah. badass force, right, man? Man, Justin Hardy for those two years was just insanely good. Greg Who? Hardy, Greg, Greg, like, Hardy. Greg, Greg Hardy, Hardy? Greg Hardy, Greg right. Hardy. Thank you, whoever Justin Hardy is. I don't know who that is. But why did I double down on your mistake? We both had a dual. I know. It's been a while. That's how long he's been. Think about this. Oh, did you guys see the um, Darius Geis released? Yeah. From, yeah. The, from the Washington football team now for a domestic devi- violence incident. And, you know, he had something in high in college, too. So it's not his first uh, call. Now, um, one of the things, though, is that Ron Rivera wasted no time in releasing him. And I think, to in some ways, that that is reminiscent of the Greg Hardy discussion, right? Is that I think he, like yeah. he learned something from that moment. Is that remember he went on the non the commissioner's exempt list, yep. and every week they were asking and asking. They did not waste any time, and I really believe that's linked back to Greg Hardy. But Brian Burns, man, that's the guy, man. That's that's the guy that we need to just and he and he was there last year, man. He had like seven sacks last year. Yeah, you know, and he was talking about how he played with a broken wrist or something like that, and that that uh, caused 
you know, that was problematic. And then the coaching staff seemed to lose a little faith in him in that in that period. Now he has been working out over the summer with a chip on his shoulder. They've talked about how Brian Burns was making fun of that. He was in Florida and you're not allowed to be in these public parks. And he was going and training in these parks and they would get run off by a security guard and they just go to a different one. Yeah. But by the way, on the Washington thing, isn't it a little hypocritical though? They got rid of Darius guys, but then they also right after that activated Ruben Foster. And that was the guy that the 49ers (laughs) drafted. And then he got in some domestic violence crap. And then he got shipped out of... Uh, oh, no, but Ruben... I think Ruben Foster's stuff... And I have to go back and look at it where the girl the recanted. The him, right? yeah. Like, she recanted and was like, I did this. Now, you don't know the... the We don't know the ins and outs of it, but... Well, Greg Hardy's girlfriend did the same thing. No, she did not recant. She just signed a non-disclosure agreement. But she also didn't show up to testify. Right. She didn't say that it didn't happen. She just took his money and ran. Which, tell us, how's he doing right now in the UFC? Uh, he's still in the UFC. I think he won his most recent fight. Um, but I, I haven't heard from him in a while. He's not. He still has a long way to go. He's not in the top of the heavyweight ranks. He's, not yeah, he's like, old now. He's not going to be there, man. He's like in his 30s. Dude, Daniel Cormier just fought uh, and lost a decision, and he's 41 years old. The heavyweight champion's 37. Steve Pamiotic's 37. Wow. All right. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's see what the fans want to talk about this week in training camp. We still have the cam slander to get to. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like... And a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? All right, guys. Joey, check this out. I'm listening to the Around the NFL podcast, right? And I found out uh, we have a uh, veteran that just signed with us on defense. And uh, his name is Gerald McCoy. So, yeah, he's back. So he left and then came back. Oh, did we get another one? Did we get somebody else named Gerald McCoy? So, uh, oh, gosh. Eh, really? That's good for our defense to have someone that's Because he went to the Rams or something, didn't he? No, we were about to talk. Yeah, we can talk about it. He went to the Cowboys. He was released because he's that's out right. for the I mean, season. Cap-wise, you would want rookie deals, but, you know. I feel like this was almost from last year, but he said came back. Seems like we got one now, and... From what I heard last year, McCoy was a pretty good leader. So, uh. All right, Joe, we're cutting the call off there, as guys. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, the only news I heard around McCoy was that he got hurt and he's out for the season. And people yeah. have been talking about uh, how he's handled it on. Um, on Twitter and what I was posting. just seeing this is that uh, it says this uh, Cowboys released Gerald McCoy yeah. quad with injury waiver, and the one thing is is that this is 
Um, the team identified McCoy as having right knee chronic quad tendonitis and related structures prior to the signing of him. So they signed him to this $13 million deal or $18.3 million deal. But there was a clause in there that if he was unable to perform because of, or he was in that injury with his quad that they identified as like a, essentially a pre-existing condition that it says this in the event, this quote, in the event, this NFL player contract is terminated due to a deterioration or aggravation of the physical condition set forth in paragraph 35. But basically then the guarantee is null and void. So, uh, sucks for the Cowboys, sucks for McCoy, but they didn't have to pay for it. Well, they'd have to pay a little bit. It's right, McCoy right, a little bit, yeah. Three million signing bonus, but his two point five million base salary comes off the books, and his seven hundred fifty thousand dollars roster bonus does too. Did he do it on purpose? Uh, I would have done it on purpose and just <laughs> taken three and a half million and walked if off. And you, yeah, if you give me three and a half million dollars right now to tear my quad. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I retire. I'm hanging. I'm hold, hanging the cleats up. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. I don't want to make it sound like I don't feel bad for him. That sucks. But for me, <laughs> tear my quad up. Sorry. But he was really humble too. He was like, "Man, I'm not gonna sit here and complain with all the problems that people have going on in the world right now." He's like, dude, I'm blessed to be in the position I'm in. He handled it really well. And oh. dude, I, I, I always like Gerald McCoy. There are some players that, like, once you know about them, yeah, they're on other football teams, but it's hard to not root for them. You know, Gerald McCoy is a good dude. He's in the Batman. Dude, he's got a life-size sculpture mm-hmm. of Batman in his house as tall as him. Okay, him and, and he likes to buy friends. snow cones for everybody. Snow cone yeah, truck. Snow dude, cone man. truck. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, definitely here. agree with that. Like I said, I, I don't want to downplay his injury and say that it's, yeah. it's nothing. It sucks. It really does. Yeah, I but he's him. old. Yeah. Team, but. This was bound to happen. This is something that usually would have happened to the Panthers. Right? I'm surprised this didn't happen. You know, basically this did happen. We signed McCoy last year and KK got hurt. Here so is Joey the Blind pa- Panther clarifying. Uh, actually, that last call I made, I forgot that I was listening to the NFL podcast from uh, June 5th, 2019. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can ice me up at the end of the show. Nice. Yep. So, all right. So, we'll call me. He's on it. What happens when you uh, are scrolling through podcasts and you've all caught up and it auto plays the next one? But you had something to say, Greg. Go ahead. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. All right. So you can okay. go. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. All right. Go. Well, let's go to the next call. And I mean, so that's the, you know, the Cowboys, they're in this period where they're trying to figure out how to get over the hump. Right. And oh, did you see that Kyle Love signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Hold on. Is eight and eight last year trying to get over the hump? Is it really? Like, I mean,. If we were the Panthers and we went eight and eight, would we say we're trying to get over the hump? I think God, we're a long right. way away from. Yeah, but but on paper, they're the most talented team ever. So I, I I think it's because they have their quarterback, or supposedly, right? They have all the players. They have the loaded offense, the loaded defense. Um, I don't know, man. I uh, and I feel like we never talked. Did we ever talk about the Kyle Love comments? That, that went around. I feel like we never did. I oh, don't I don't looked. think we did. And they were something. Weren't they kind of a little Cam Slanderish? Yeah. So basically, he came out and said that 
you know, he was interested to see what happens with Cam in New England because when Cam was here, like whenever he would make mistakes or whatever, that the coaching staff wouldn't really come down on him. Like there was just kind of, you know, like there wouldn't ever really be hard on him or whatever. And he was making it, they were making it seem like, um, or he made it seem like they didn't want to bruise his ego or hurt his confidence and get him to play worse. And then he goes on to say that he's rooting for Cam. I don't know, man. Like it, it runs into that old narrative where it's like there's this set tone on Cam Newton that it doesn't like the verbiage. He can't handle criticism. I still don't know how much I believe all that, but he was on the football team. I mean, I'm not calling the man a liar. I do know that everything I've heard thus far is that everyone is impressed with the zip on Cam Newton's ball, the ball placement, how well he picks stuff up. Um, so I don't know, man. Let me stop before they get in the chat room. Tell me to stop talking about the non-Panthers. No, no, I do. I think, well, we have, you know, it begs the question. It begs the question of was Cam a diva in the background? Um, and, or, you know what I mean? But we just, I feel like we haven't had a lot of evidence that that was the case, right? We've just had these assumptions being made because he is confident. He is cocky. Because he played a certain way. Yeah. 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 These types of, but it's coming from a defensive player. I automatically question that. And the reason is, is I don't think that these meetings are generally that interwoven, so, like, are they going to dress down Cam in front of the whole team over something? I doubt that. That's usually going to happen in the offensive meeting room, you would think. We saw Cam as being what appeared to be a, a very extremely a extremely hard worker who continued to fall on the sword week after week. He never pointed the blame out. But you got to wonder, was there some things going on in the background that we just don't know about and that Kyle Love is alluding to? It was – I felt a little out of nowhere – uh, it, it just didn't seem like I, I hadn't expected Kyle Love to be the guy that says those things. What what was said? Forgive me, I was uh, I was dealing with a toddler. Uh, Kyle Love basically came out and said that the coaches, when Cam Newton would mess up, the coaches were never hard on him. They coddled uh, him. And that, yeah, they coddled him. They didn't want to break his confidence. Didn't want to hurt his ego. Yeah. And he said that it would be interesting with that dynamic. Um, him in New England because obviously Bill Belichick doesn't give a damn about your ego. Yeah. So um, again, man, like it's a weird scenario. Like it feeds into all of the worst stereotypes on Cam, but I wasn't on the team. So. Well, here, here's Bill Belichick. Let me see if you guys can hear this. Well, if it would your early impressions of Cam Newton and what it's been like to, to uh, coach him so far. Uh, yeah. Well, again, as I said, we, Keep playing. We've done a lot of meetings, a lot of walkthroughs, a lot of information's been uh, transferred to all the players, um, and he's worked very hard. Uh, Keep going. Why is it auto stopping on Twitter? We've we've done a lot of meetings, a lot of walkthroughs, a lot of information's been uh, transferred to all the players, um, and he's worked very hard. Um, you know, I'd say as all of our players have. We, we have a, a you know a hardworking group. Those guys are are ready to go and and uh you know we put in some long days and, and they've been very attentive uh throughout the process and you know, i'd say that certainly for all the quarterbacks at that position those guys have uh been locked in been focused have, have worked extremely hard all four of them and 
you know, when they all get in the huddle, there's everybody has a lot of confidence in, you know, in what they're able to do and, and the information they have to give to the team, play calling adjustments, um, you know, audibles or, you know, protection adjustments, things like that. Like, that's, that's all gone pretty well. But, again, we haven't played – um, you know, at anywhere near the speed that we're going to be playing at, so we'll we'll see how it all comes together at that point. But Cam's a hardworking kid; he really is. Yeah, there's the toughest man in the NFL, uh, and he's saying Cam's a hard. Look, I just haven't I just haven't seen a lot of evidence that Cam is um, that problematic. Now. I did listen to, and I ha- I'm ashamed to say I have not listened to the full Cam Chronicles podcast um, because that's something that generally I would binge like as soon as it came out. But I feel like I was also trying to separate a little from Cam at this point. But I listened to the first episode, and even his dad said he was super sensitive when he was a kid. Right? So, I mean, but that, like that's just my that's just part of Cam. Anyway, let's keep going on with Cam. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, one more thing. Uh, listen, I kind of do think where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I'm not denying that there isn't some degree of truth to it. Now, just because they chose to handle Cam that way doesn't necessarily mean that it was the right way to do it or that right. Cam Newton right. couldn't handle it. It's just that's the way they chose to do it. And by the way, that Jeff Schwartz guy, He'll go on Colin Cowherd all the time and peddle the same nonsense too. That you know the the I the, fucking hate the Panthers. Dude, yeah, the Panthers treat him delicately and that they don't go hard on him. He said that stuff too. So again, it's not something that I believe is true about Cam Newton. I agree with you. I think he's showing his character and how he played. Um, but if you know, if more than one people are willing to say it. Like I don't know, man. I'm not- you have to have a conversation with yourself. Where, where is the truth in this conversation? Yeah. Where, you know, how how can we really expect there to not be any level of validity to that statement? Right. Because I mean, the part of it that I think a lot of people will look at is the fact that he, yes, yeah, that that's Kelvin Benjamin. Now Kyle Love, Kelvin Benjamin had a different gripe certainly, but um, and then people's already diminished opinion of him uh as a as a football player uh i think is going to make sure that this thing ignites and goes you know beyond people are going to be pulling it up when somebody wants to you know defend cam or whatever he's trying to do but um yeah it's i could see where maybe the coaching staff had had maybe interactions with him that made them feel like they needed to coddle him but i also don't think that it's something that cam newton needed like, I think Cam Newton would be fine in any type of a situation and he would be able to, you know, overcome whatever his own personal issues may be with whatever was going on. So I don't think that Kyle loves wrong, but I don't think that it's necessarily something that was needed for Cam. I guarantee you Aaron Rodgers is coddled. I guarantee you Tom Brady is coddled. I guarantee you any – I guarantee you – I can sure as hell guarantee you Drew Brees is coddled, Right. So, I mean, it's not a matter of Cam Newton. It's a matter of quarterback at this point. Yeah. And the the other thing is that you probably could see Cam going every time they talked about him making a mistake, being like, bitch, 
There's I'm five <laughs> offensive linemen right there that missed their assignment, and you have me. Right? Like, you have, like, what like, you want me to do in my entire line got obliterated? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he could be irritated that, about that behind this. We have been, right? Well, oh. It, oh, 100%. And my other thing, too, is you got to look at the source. You're talking about Kelvin Benjamin and Love talking. If, if, if they're saying something bad about Cam, those guys saying bad about something bad about Cam. I want to hear what Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis and Who Julius Peppers yeah. and then like the, those guys, the guys who were stars, who mean something in the league, who were actually going to possibly be in the Hall of Fame, if not fringe players, be in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm not. I'm taking those guys' word over Kelvin Benjamin, who can't catch a cheeseburger if you threw it to him, and well, that he could Love, catch who's, that. Who's a great player, but he's definitely not even close to the top 15 in his position. Right. You know, right. so yeah. I mean, come on. It was probably more of love being about the maybe just knowing this is that Belichick is not that. Yeah, and I think that's the reason they were asking him because he played on the Patriots and the Panthers. So he knew a little bit of both worlds and they decided maybe. to pick his brain on. By the way, shout out to Bradley Tate in our chat dropping the three ninety nine love bomb. Thanks so much, Bradley. Yes, sir. All right, let's Certainly see. Um see if we got some more calls here. I think this will be maybe I download it again. I don't but there's really other than that. Oh, well, while we're on the Cam Newton slander, well let's we'll play the call first. I got it right here. Oh, snap, C3. What is up? It's your boy Mike, aka Supreme Leader. Coming back. What's Second up, Mike? Love the podcast. So you know I had to come back. Um so um, not too much going on. Uh, waiting for this damn season to start. Um, just to harp on what I talked about last week, I, I, I thought about some. Um, thought about uh, the Panthers possibly, and I don't know if this is in uh, Phil Snow's uh, book, but um, they could possibly run a four-two-five, uh, uh, maybe with uh, maybe Chin playing. Up in the box, close to the box, even if they only brought out two wide receivers on the other side. I think a 4 2 5 could work, and kids could kind of serve as that linebacker slash uh, strong safety with two safeties in the back still. Kind of watching the tight end, seeing what the run game does. Because I don't know if uh, people forgot, but we drafted Thomas Davis, and I think they, uh, what was it, they, he was drafted, was he drafted as a safety? He he played played safety in college. I can't remember. He played safety in college. Damn, I'm old. Um, But, (laughs) you know, he was, what, six foot, about 230, maybe? And, look, he became one of the best linebackers we ever had, so, um... I think a four-two-five could work, you know, and we have Chin, Trey Boston, and I would guess or assume uh, that guy Burris from the Browns on the field would be uh, be doing good practice. So uh, tell me what you think about the four-two-five. Um, I think that uh be a good plan in the future. All right, uh, two weeks in a row, two great calls right there, and finally uh, that probably gave us a little meat to discuss. When it comes to actually this team and what we're trying to figure out 
when it comes to these defensive changes. Now, we know that they have uh, intimated that the 4-3 is the more kind of base set that they are switching back to rather than the 3-4, right? We know that little piece of evidence. The next piece of evidence or info we got is that we really don't have a deep linebacker core in the traditional sense, right? With the... With the retirement of Luke Keekley, um, and now you've got Shaq and Tahir Whitehead, who's also one of the second oldest player on the team. Those are our kind of two traditional styled linebackers, right? So even if you're trying to go what they would say a four three, it's not it's gonna be limited, right? Because you don't have three linebackers that you're comfortable putting out there all the time. And that's where the part of his call and a lot of people are excited about the chin pick is that he's kind of what some people suggested Shaq was or could have been. Do you remember when Shaq was covering tight ends as a rookie? Yeah. He uh, defended Larry Fitzgerald in a pass in the NFC championship. And, yeah. and there was this, what we call the Buffalo nickel. So even right. though we're running a 4-3, I think what we're really going to be running is a 4-3, but we're in the nickel all the time. And that third linebacker is really going to be either a nickel corner or an additional safety on the field. Go ahead and expand on that, uh, Cody, and pass the mic. Yeah, so you know, our, our chat room has also been wanting us to mention Jeremy Chen too. And I think Jeremy Chen fits into that well because, you know, it, he kind of fit that Isaiah Simmons role that we wanted on the team when we drafted him. And that mainly means that we're going to be able to put him at nickel a lot. And he really is going to be that truest definition of uh, that strong safety outside linebacker hybrid. Um, then you throw in guys like Troy Pride. I mean, we have a lot of options that we didn't have before. And that's part of the reason why you have a draft that's all defense because now the Panthers have options, right? You know, it was even talked about they could put Jeremy Chin at cornerback because it has the fluid hips and the, the, the speed and the burst to be able to play the position, even though we hadn't done so, so much. And I think that's a part of the what, our, what this team is trying to build and what Matt Rule is trying to implement. These players that you're going to be able to put at different positions that can give you better looks in different formations. So... We have a well-rounded roster and guys that can kind of fit in in different places um, as need be. Greg, what do you think, man? I mean, the thing is, thinking about a four-two-five offense, for me, I can't see it working. Not saying that it won't, but just something in my mind tells me it won't because I just don't see us having a strong enough linebacker core to be able to put two guys in the center of the field in, in like a, the second level of the three levels you got to defend uh, and, and being able to cover that. And I understand that there's going to be guys that drop back and drop in and play, but it feels like for the majority it's going to be two guys. And I don't feel like we have a strong back, a strong enough linebacker core for that. Maybe Thomas Davis and Luke Kigley could have done that. I feel like that would maybe would have worked great, but I also don't know a lot about that style of defense, so I don't want to. Well, you actually do, part, Greg. You, know? you do, Greg. We run this defense a lot in the background, and maybe in another way of looking at it is while we don't have a linebacker core where we could say our two best players on the team or our linebackers, like we've been able to say on the defense, is that we don't have enough linebackers 
to, <laughs> to play a lot, right? So we right. only have two that are any good in this case, it seems like. But what that just does is it means it's five defensive backs, right? right. So you're going to get right. – and we've actually run this a ton in the past, um, particularly after Thomas Davis left. Right. So, I mean, but even if you think, do you remember how how important we've just never had a good nickel corner? We've never had a third corner who was big and fast. We've either had to go with this. What, what was the guy that we had? Um, he was pretty good in 2016. We, we've gotten a couple of journeymen to play nickel corner. But now what if Chin can do it? Yeah, that's what I mentioned. And yeah, that, and if he can, it, and he's going to be able to body up tight ends, because really, what you got to be thinking about is this: is what is the offense doing, and how does it match up against the offense? So, if you're playing teams that are running two tight end sets, Jeremy Chin, I think, is great for that, right? Because he's going to be able to run with a tight end. The question is, what happens when he's got a match up? Do you have to cycle somebody who's smaller, more agile? in the nickel position if you're playing a team that kind of runs like a um almost like a saints offense to a certain degree and that yeah. kind of alludes to my my thing with the final point of that is we play in a division with the saints the falcons and the bucks who all three have wide receivers and tight ends that can cut you up in the middle tear you apart all game long cut you up in the middle I just don't think a, a four-two-five would work with the personnel we have. I think you know, Chin's going to be good uh, against tight ends, Cody. So that—that's where I think I he's going to excel is like uh, against a Gronk. So you don't want a a defensive end that's a pass rusher like a Julius Peppers pass. I mean, I know Julius Peppers could cover too, but he was mainly known as a pass rusher. You'd rather Jeremy Chin be a defensive type guy or a defensive coverage type guy than a pass rusher. Yeah, I think that's where. Well, yeah, because he's yeah, he would either be a strong safety or a, you know, it's either he's a I'm box. Sorry. I'm 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 confusing Chin with uh, Gross Matos. I apologize. Yeah. My fault. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I think this is that that that's the idea is is and Cody, you can tell us this is he fast enough when and when they put a speed guy on him. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, the yeah, weakness. Yeah, I, that's the weakness I in the Buffalo nickel. Jeremy Chen ran like a 4-3 or something. I have the numbers off the top of my head. Jeremy Chen ran – he had a ridiculous combine. I mean, he is a physical specimen. And uh, I've said this before. You know, he didn't – he came from a D2 college. But our coaches are banking on, on um, taking highly athletic players and molding them and teaching them and investing in them in the future. We're, we're going to have a lot of growing pains this season just because our coaches are trying to uh, help these new guys learn our system and, and what we're going to do here. Um, well, I hope we so, don't have a system. I hope our system is tuned to our talent. Yeah, I, I, I think it will. I mean, we would, it'd be ridiculous if it wasn't. Um, and that's supposed to be the point of a coaching change. Uh, you know, now we're supposed to have coaches that – are going to be better adept at using their players and in situations that benefit their strengths. So I'm hopeful for that. I've seen no reason to believe that we're not going to do that. And, you know, I think that we are. 
Thomas Davis did start out as a safety and transition to be a linebacker. It would be interesting to see. And really, that's the kind of storyline that we're ready to start to get some, you know, some details or some an outline to is what is Chen going to do? You know, how are they going to use them? This is the ultimate, the the potential Achilles heel of drafting these multiple players is sometimes you don't really know how to best use them. And some people were saying that that was going to be the problem with Isaiah Simmons. We should probably be following that storyline a little bit in Arizona training camp. Um, and I'd like to see as, if, if, as they start to get more and more stuff when it comes to like um, the first line, the second line, where Chin is being utilized. If we could get some of those tidbits in training camp, that's a great thing to be trying to figure out because you don't want that guy. And this was one of the sad things about with Shaq sitting behind these dudes is that doesn't it suck to have a guy who's better? He's a better linebacker than the guy you're putting at safety. And what I mean by that is, it's like, we just kind of need chin on the field. Well, we're hoping that that's the case. And so how do we utilize that in a way that's not, that's an asset, not a disadvantage. Um, And I think it's going to have to do with how offenses line up. I saw another story or reference to Joe Brady um, liking to run. Oh, it was about Ian Thomas and how he had said they're trying to figure out how the tight ends are all fitting into this system because I think this is a wide receiver heavy system where they're going to be looking three and four wide receivers less on tight ends. And the funny part about this is as I was reading these kind of tweets fly by on Twitter, I look up at dinner on NFL Network and the Chicago Bears have seven tight ends on their roster. Right. <laughs> we don't even have a tight end, let alone yeah. enough tight ends to necessitate an entire rack. But and they have so- seven. Yeah. Wow. So I'm trying to figure out what Joe Brady's offense is going to look like. And then we may learn a little bit about Jeremy Chin in that process. I don't know. I mean, I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I you just, gotta interrupt this more often. <laughs> no, you you're talking about things that I probably have very little input on. I just a lot of these guys. It's just because we don't know. Just, we don't know. Yeah, I feel like we, we don't know, and I, I I think we're all pretty excited because we do have a lot of players that have the potential to be first round quality talent. Um, especially when you look at where they've been drafted and, and where they could have possibly been drafted. But at the same time, you know, how many times have we run on this hamster wheel where we were just so excited about somebody and just, yeah. Um, the, you know, the rails, you know, my friend asked me about that. He said, who's your training camp, darling, you know, that you fall in love with that nobody's going to talk about in a year. And we, you know who it is. It's Omar. They're forcing one down our throat, that Omar Bayless dude. Yeah, someone in our chat mentioned him. Yeah. They're for- I can't yeah. even tell you what position he plays. He plays wide receiver. Oh, 
He's like oh, six. He's six three, one ninety five. He's like a tall. He's the tallest, tallest wide receiver on our team. It's even more throwaway, man. We already know who the receivers on this team are. Okay, uh, it's it's uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and, but he uh, caught two and, touchdowns in can- uh, from Teddy Bridgewater today for yesterday. Yeah, but dude, it, it's training camp. That don't. Did you see shit. that Curtis Samuel catch? That that shit was dope. I mean, he looked like uh, almost as good as you guys tell me he was. Hold on, Cody. You're saying training camp that don't mean shit, so I don't want to hear us talking about Teddy Bridgewater and how good good he's looking at training camp. I'm just saying. To Curtis Samuel, man, they played two very different roles on the football team. Curtis Samuel is a certified baller, and Omar Bayless is going to be fighting for snaps. Come on, does anyone disagree? Listen, if he continues to kill it in training camp, if he is the top wide receiver in training camp, has seven, eight touchdowns over the next few weeks, next couple of weeks of whatever, however long they're doing it, you know, the, is he going to be fighting for a spot? Do you think? Do you really think that justifies somebody else being over him? I mean, he, might, this is why none of it matters. None of it otherwise, matters. Why do, otherwise, why do you have training camp? Dude, they might work in some packages with him. The only point I'm trying to make is that he's not taking away snaps from DJ Moore. He's not right, taking right, away right. Snaps. It's like the one darling that will not likely happen. Um, and by the way, Tony, you have made this into such a thing. Now you realize that every time Curtis Samuel does anything worth a damn this season. It's just going to be me rubbing it in your I face. Know. Every man. time Demir Bird <laughs> catches it, I'm going to be, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be messaging you every Demir Bird highlight uh, uh, all season. Uh, Mike Vela with the comment of the night. All right. Because it takes us to something that we've been meaning to talk about. And we didn't want to talk about what we got to talk about. He says this is that imagine if Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. And he has to wear the red number one jersey. Now, what the hell is this mess? This nonsense, right? Nonsense about the damn jersey. Have you seen this, Gramp? No. Today, so, all right, so what what color jerseys do quarterbacks usually wear in training camp? Red. Red. Well, they don't do that in Panthers training camp. We wear green. Why? Because we want to be Temple. Uh, no. Ooh. I was thinking about this. It's like that's. It's just like he brought all this Temple and Baylor. Aren't they both green? I'm pretty sure Temple is green. I know. Uh, I think both of their colors uh, and the Baylor is green too. Uh, Temple is red and white. And oh, okay. Oh, okay. Green. Are they the tournament? What are they? The Temple. I thought they were the owls, yeah. Anyway, so they're wearing this green jersey instead of a red jersey. So you're like, that's cool, man. It's like they're trying to take some of the negative stigma away from the red, the red, the red. It's just so loud. It's like, and then, so you're like, oh, that's cool. That was the story. What is today? Tuesday. That was the story yesterday. Today, injured people. People who are, had injuries wore a red number one jersey. What kind of Ooh. shit? What kind of shit is this? It feels I, somewhat, uh, somewhat in, intentional. 
If it's not, you're the dumbest fuckers in the world. Right. Either that or think about it this way. Cam Newton could have had a lot of extra jerseys and they needed to use them. No, come on. Are you sure? They're, they're putting wristbands that light up when you get six feet within people. They can afford a new damn jersey for practice. Yeah, but you got you got to make sure you turn uh, that uh, shit in, dude. I hear you. Well, I wanted, I wanted to ask, too, with the green jerseys with uh, Temple, I, this is just a shot in the dark. Do you think maybe it's because Temple's colors are red? That, that that they had the green jersey for the for, for the uh, oh right, the <laughs> right I, so I, they, I don't know maybe shot in the dark it may be that may be why they did the green jersey for the quarterbacks because their colors are red I mean I think it's red and gray right red and gray and yellow I think it's Temple but I'm not sure still um, it's just it's like that's Temple so far in the background like it's so far in the rear view the real yeah, thing is this long, is I'm, how can we about- be this tone deaf. He wasn't from, like, Temple wasn't the most recent one, right? No, it was Baylor, yeah. which Baylor was yeah. green. I'm pretty sure Baylor's green. Yeah, yeah. Baylor's green. I was like, I was like, I have a green, green, uh, red shirt, I guess. Can I just uh, throw out my two cents on this, man? Yeah, uh, look at this. Very intentional. I'm putting this it up on the YouTube. It has to be intentional. Of course it's intentional. And let me tell you why. Listen, we have given credit to our Panthers Twitter team. For a long time, okay? They know the dynamics of the Panthers fandom right now. And there's basically two halves. Salty motherfuckers like me that <laughs> see Cam Newton dancing around in a Patriots jersey and are like, dude, am I in the upside down? Like, what the hell am I watching right now? This is, it's so foreign to me. It, it feels good because I'm seeing Cam Newton play football again, doing what he loves, but at the same time, it feels like, like I just watched an old video of me like kissing my cousin or something like that. Yeah. Like what? What the hell is happening there, man? It doesn't feel good, and I feel that Twitter um, has exemplified this split in Panther Nation. So I think it's this: they're trying to push all the buttons of all the salty ass Cam Newton fans mm-hmm. like myself, Why? like some of us, because now there's this thing where. If you're not on Team Teddy Bridgewater, then you're not a Panthers fan. Because mm. like it or not, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. This so is now, making a this is like if we're not anti if we're not anti COVID warriors, then we're Donald Trump fans. And right. this it, is it, not fair to me. This is unnecessary, dude. Whatever yeah. this was, if you want to do a red jersey, that's fine. But the red number one and like here, this is low-hanging fruit, but Matt No Nothing says, well, Cam was always injured. The, a lot of jerseys floating around. But we know with COVID, other than, like, we don't have the same, you know, they're not even using the same socks twice, probably, I feel like. This yeah. was strange, and to me, yeah. I don't like this. What I don't like about this no. is that I am ready to turn the page and believe in this new era the Matt wrote, like, I want it to work, right? Why wouldn't I? I'm a Panthers fan. Now I'm going to cheer for Teddy Bridgewater to throw touchdowns on Sunday. I wouldn't have done that necessarily last year. But I don't know why that, like, is Cam's not in the media taking shots at Carolina right now. Like, why, why do you have to do this? And to believe that you don't know, if, if you don't know that this is 
going to be something that we're going to talk oh, about on this podcast. So if you don't, yeah. Yeah, then you have come in here and you are ultimately the R word that we can't say anymore. Well, well I say it. I say it freely. <laughs> okay. Have you seen that com- comic who talks about it? It's so funny. Yeah. It almost feels like, like with Cody, what you're saying you're you're basically saying you can either be a Teddy Bridgewater fan or a Cam Newton fan, but you can't be both. Right, and that doesn't I feel, like feel no, it's no, not no, cool. They're forcing yeah, that on us, fan, dude. But I'm going to pull for Teddy Bridgewater, and if he does great, awesome. I'll be a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Right. right now, I'm a Cam Newton fan. So when Teddy Bridgewater sells me on winning games and yeah. playing well, then I have no problem being a Teddy Bridgewater fan. I'm hoping he does that. Sure. I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea of you've got to either drop liking Cam Newton and be a Teddy Bridgewater fan, or you're not a Panthers fan. That that doesn't fly with me. It doesn't fly with us, and that's one thing, you know, because fans we're gonna be like this, right? When you get on, when you when you see people on Twitter, and the first thing they go after is this discussion about Cam, or you know, they hate on Teddy or whatever it is. I understand it. Right is because a fan is a fanatic. They're not meant to be rational in this. They that's the cool oh, yeah. thing about and it. They're crazy. Is that yeah? Right. They're trying to be like this. It's the other entities that aren't fans, like the Carolina Panthers, and they're trying to tell us this is a business. This is a business. This is a business. But this is like putting a picture of your ex wife up on the dartboard. You know, I mean, and and you are the they're the last people that should be in engaging in this. It should be okay for us. Like, how many of the people listening to the show have said, "All right, enough with the cam talk. We're tired of it." We even want to say that, and then this happens. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's what I want to address real quick to people who want. So the best analogy I have for what's going on is going to take it to some political place is not my viewpoint but when obama did something republicans hated it right Mm -hmm. but when trump did identical stuff they loved it and vice versa trump doing something you know democrats hate it but they loved it when obama did it it's just incredible to see that 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 Mm -hmm. so we do the same thing with cam newton we loved cam newton and we told people well, he's your quarterback. If you're not a Panthers fan, then go ahead and be a fan somewhere else. Well, now we have that same. There is no middle ground, and we haven't found a way to be able to marry our mindset to be in the middle, which is okay. We don't have to always like be a hundred percent behind somebody. But I think it's like fair you can hate your ex-wife. Like you can. Yeah. It's okay to not be right. Ra- like you don't have to. Every you can be angry about something. Yeah, you, but I mean, when you when you go and do the exact same thing you were complaining about other Panthers fans for doing to you, you're just creating this vicious cycle. I think we've got to accept Teddy Bridgewater. We've got to still be able to look back and understand we had a great decade of Cam Newton, essentially. And and yes, we would have liked to see that turn into two decades. Um, I would have liked to see my son be a teenager and Cam Newton still be a Panther. But it wasn't going to happen. I mean, it's just not it, – it, it wasn't in the cards. And just to dwell on that is really tough because it's just going to make you fall back into this emotional – But we're trying coaster. to get there. We are trying know, to get there, CK, and they do this to us. Oh, yeah. trust me. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
when you when we're trying to move on, there's these things that draw us right back into that exact same mindset of man, why why don't we have him in, in there? Why why are you throwing like these rocks at him essentially from afar because of the the red number one and all that stuff? I mean, all that stuff I think is is easy to look into. And if they didn't realize, if there was truly so if, if Matt, there's Rule no way it, they didn't realize this. If this that's is, the case, I I disagree that this person is fit for the job. If you're talking about Biden's mental aptitude, and then yeah. you're going to tell me that Matt Rule yeah. is the most fit person I right here, I could have walked out there. Anybody, we walk out there, we go, what the fuck is Cam Newton doing over there? Exactly. And, and by Here's the way, yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry, before I do. Do you think Matt Rule has the decision making on what jersey is worn by the injured player? I yeah, don't think cool. it's Matt Rule. Oh, I don't think that's Matt Rule. You think well, Matt who Rule does? Well, whoever that dude is has got to be fired. In the cancel culture, in the cancel culture, I'm ready. And actually, you know what? This is what I'm demanding right now. I'm demanding an apology by the Carolina Panthers. Right. This is this is something what they have done is they have made a social faux pas. Right. That's what they've done. They have done something to the equivalent of where you got to come out there and you say, you know what? I didn't mean this. What I said about women and routes. That's what this is, is that, okay? if this is a mistake, we need a sacrificial firing. Right. I want to see the trainer that handed him the jersey. I want to see that person trot it out and apologize to me for this mess. Dude, you you have a better chance of finding the clean side of a turd, man. Don't don't even like don't even worry. Like it's not going to happen. If yeah, I would have said the R word, there would have been a potential next week. I would have had to come out here and say I apologize. I don't believe that that's a word we use. This and this and that air and this blah blah blah. The Panthers need some. They need their mea culpa right here. And you're trying to tell me that if Matt Rule looked over there and all everybody does ask him about Cam Newton and he's so tired of asking of saying Teddy's our guy, Teddy's our guy, Cam, which one is that why he's like, What the fuck is the number one jersey doing out here? It doesn't mean anything to him. They're actively trying to show people how little they care about Cam Newton now because it's not their problem. That's he's not the player that's on the football team. And yeah, that's what's so okay. The, uh, another man, another I'm about to stop being a fan of this team. This is wrong. Another, that shows another, you how little they care about the fan base. Just saying, right? So uh, that's so. what's so infuriating that they're they're alienating over half of their fan base. Mm-hmm. The people that buy tickets, merchandise, have supported the team forever. You're alienating a large portion of your fan base and trying to sell us on this player, and it's. Dude, I swear to God, it's nothing against Teddy Bridgewater as the man or the player, but you're trying to sell it. Not only are you trying to have us erase Cam Newton, but you're actively trying to sell us what we feel is a false bill of goods in Teddy Bridgewater. Like, there is no faith right now in Teddy Bridgewater, especially behind this offensive line, especially while uh, Russell O'Kung's season is up in the air. So we have no idea what kind of protection Teddy Bridgewater is supposed to have. And we're supposed to just jump on board that this is the future of the Carolina Panthers while also trying to retroactively erase Cam Newton. Like, it's so tone deaf. It's so completely tone deaf. It's the wrong way to go about it. 
But it doesn't matter, man. We're going to be mad about this. They're going to continue to do more shit that pisses us off. They don't care. This is just they're unnecessary. It's so They're doing it on purpose, though. You cannot yes. tell. And like you said, they're trying to actually now say, make more of a statement. That's where I'm getting irritated about this is because people were told us that we were so sensitive you know, that we we're all this and that. And like, you know, because we were upset about, can you know, people have telling us, and look, like Panthers got FSU in here saying Panthers are number one. And I say it all the time, meaning they're number one in my, you know, like it's all this. Is that, is that like, oh, like it's part of the business, this and that. You shouldn't be this upset, Cam. And this, no, we were, we were mortified. It was like the hardest news that we've ever had. And then, so yeah, we were all up in our fields. And right when we're starting to get over it, these dick faces are just p- pulling out the Teddy Bridgewater pick and showing, making us look at it. And yeah, then did. look at this. And on top of that, no matter how I got this other picture up that we've been arguing about on Twitter is that a story comes out on catcrave.com and it says headline. And I look at it, you know, because I'm getting my Google News. I swipe over. I'm just scrolling through it. And see this. Matt Rule says Teddy Bridgewater built Panthers playbook in Madden. So I open this up. And in the story itself, it's like how he showed Will Greer and PJ Williams or Walker. Is it Williams or Walker? Walker. Walker. Walker, uh, How to do this. And, like, so he designed the playbook for the Panthers, which – now I'm calling on someone to hack Teddy Bridgewater's uh, EA Sports account, and so we could get an inside look at this Joe Brady freaking offense. But yeah. why? Wait so a why did Joe Brady or Teddy Bridgewater that's build the playbook? What I want to ask. Yes, that's what I want to know. Well, he copied the playbook that Joe Brady built into Madden, so he can play with it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. So he's so using. That makes more sense. So yeah, he built our offense. Teddy Bridgewater got the book and has been studying it, and he built that playbook in Madden so that teammates can go over specific plays. Like they can actually. Oh, that's a smart idea, but I really hope they're disconnected yeah. from the internet. Yeah, uh, that is a good point because um, you think you hate Cam Newton. Wait till you meet cheating ass Bill Belichick when he steals that playbook. He's like playing Teddy Bridgewater all day. Bill Belichick is like all of a sudden the best Madden player. But he's been playing that Teddy Bridgewater. He secretly catfished him and got him to play online with him. But here on top of this, guys. So I'm looking at this story, then I look at this damn picture that loads up. Yeah. Andy Smith in our chat says, why does Teddy look like a man-child in that picture? Yes, this picture is epic. So <laughs> somehow... Like, he like, what you talking about, Willis? Yeah, somehow there is a picture of Teddy Bridgewater and Cam Newton playing PlayStation together. And this guy is able to find it and attach it for his... Which I would have done the same thing. You know, like, this is perfect. But we cannot get away from... I was like... I'm sitting there looking at him like, that's Cam. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think it was at first. Just because I'm not used to seeing him with the short hair anymore. Right. Uh, This is from, like, 2012. I do like Cam like that, though. I I like that cut, like that... that Clean clean Cam? look that Cam had. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was... he was yeah. but hey that's a 
kind of a segue into something that uh, I, I thought it might be interesting for us to, to kind of discuss. On YouTube, the NFL channel put out a video, um, and this is by NFL Digital Media's Sean Shope. And he went on to predict uh, his assessment for every team's uh, uh, ceiling and floor for this season. And he would go on to give a prediction for every football team. Uh, this is on the NFL YouTube if you want to look it up. He has the Carolina Panthers at 3-13 and 13 this year. Mm. With our only wins coming week 8 against Atlanta. Week 10 against Tampa Bay and the last game of the season against, uh, or no, uh, and week 16 against Washington. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, uh, float that to you guys. Is that reasonable? Is that too low? What do you you think? I think it's too low, but I also can see it being reasonable. So I'm going to ride the fence on this one, guys. I, I'm right there with you, CK. I know I bet on six wins just because it was a good bet, uh, but I don't know if I see us getting past five or six, or I definitely see us getting past six. Three is a little low for me, and the three that he picked, Atlanta and Tampa Bay, aren't people Atlanta, picking Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl this year? Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Washington. Are the only I mean, Washington teams. I can see. You know, revenge game, Ron Rivera, and they suck. So they can't even pick a good name. But Atlanta and Tampa Bay, I just I don't know. Like if you're gonna play those two, I I just don't see those two being the games, even though I have to go back and look at the games I picked earlier. We I wrote them down. We picked some games earlier, but that that was that was about where I had us. And again, yeah. I'm not being a pet this is not about a quarterback in the draft as mm-hmm. much as people want to say it is. This is and I've said this openly. And I'm waiting for someone to tell me something that makes me feel better about it. I have zero faith in the turnaround that we experienced in our offensive line. And by the way, this is another bit of news that we didn't mention. Uh, Russell O'Connor left practice uh, one of these days ago, and no one knew, uh, knew why. Coaches didn't say why. No one, no one knew anything. Russell O'Connor leaves practice. So now here we are again. We have another question mark at left tackle. Mm. Uh, you know, I, dude, I feel like everyone is going to realize how much they miss Cam Newton's ability to extend mm-hmm. the play once they see what happens when Teddy Bridgewater is under almost instant pressure. Mm-hmm. I have no faith in this offensive line until I see a reasonable offensive line that can pass protect. Christian, well, he'll make magic no matter what, right? But pass protection for Teddy, dude, that's a whole other thing. Well, we talked about it. I mean, last year, the entire season last year, about how you know we Cam Newton's ability to extend plays. We saw it for an entire season, really. You yeah. know, last year when we were watching uh, Kyle Allen just continue to take hit after hit after hit. So I mean, yes, he was not a great quarterback, but also there was a lot of um, unfortunate inconsistencies in our offensive line play to where he was getting hit more than he should have. Again, uh, strip stacked and fumbles and all that stuff. You know, it's uh, it's it's been a it, you know I, I don't think it's something that we can wait to see Teddy Bridgewater. We've seen it, you know. So I agree. I think we are going to miss that. But I also am hopeful that our organization is going to be able to put together a game plan that keeps Teddy Bridgewater on his feet, and we'll see. 
All right. Yeah. Um, we got one more call. Let's get through it and let's see what they got to say, and then we'll go from there. What's good, C three? Two five two in the house. What up, my man? Jones calling in from Rocky. Two five two. I know that. Had a couple comments on defense. Uh, I agree with the caller earlier about the four two five. Just depend on a couple things. So, uh, believe you put Derrick Brown, Brian Burns on the same side. That's easily three blocks. So it's gonna come down to KK and the weak side and a lot of one on one. So. Uh, I think KK, KK's due for a good year. He hasn't had a renovate since Star. So when Derrick Brown, we get a, a younger version of somebody that can play like Star while him still being explosive and still having pass rush skills too. Uh, linebackers, you got, uh, Shaq and Tahir. That's cool. And <clears throat> the part's gonna come in where I know everybody's talking about Jeremy Chin. The one nobody's talking about is Kenny Robinson. You go back to his sophomore West Virginia tape, he plays another year, same system, same numbers. He's probably a, a second-round pick. We got him in the fourth, definitely a steal. So I think you play three safeties on the field, Kenny Robinson, put, uh, Trey Boston a strong safety, and then this year's a wash, so you just put uh, Jeremy Chen in some uh, rover, joker role, and – see how he responds to the field, whether he can hear has more instincts inside the box or whether he can play outside of it. So, and then your outside corners, Dante Jackson and even Eli Apple or Troy Pryor, as long as, long as they can be serviceable. But I believe the 425 working that situation, it's just going to come down to, like I said, KK in that weak side end beating a lot of one-on-one blocks. Keep pounding. Ah, good call right there. Uh, way to end with some football talk. Right, and instead of us just kind of moaning and groaning about, I feel like uh, what, what, who was that uh, that singer you were talking about before the show? Billy Eilish. Yeah, like we're just like the emo Panthers podcast right now. <laughs> for so long, like we're ready to not be sad. Um, yes, vibes. All right, so yeah, so well, well, youth on defense. We're excited about that. Um, yep. We're excited about the speed, the youth of the team. Uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, I guess we're excited to have real football uh, ahead of us. And hopefully we do. What's the latest on Justin? You know, Justin Fields is pushing hard to have uh, football played. What was it? The Big Ten? Who is he pushing for? Is that Big Ten? Yeah, Big Ten. The um, SEC is going forward with football anyway, aren't they? And you were yeah, talking SEC. about this last week, right? With the idea of yeah. what look at what happened to uh, who's the guy Joe Burrow in his final season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that was the comparison I made. Look what one season did for Joe Burrow. He was like a fifth or sixth round pick, played himself into the number one pick in the draft. Um, uh, recently, uh, one of the tackles for. Michigan just opted out. He's going to um, prepare for the draft. Um, yeah, Justin Fields has been going really – I don't blame him, man. I mean, this is – he's not going to be able to transfer again. Um, so it doesn't look like the Big Ten is going to play football, though. I don't think they care. Mm. Uh, yeah. it, it, it sucks, man, because a big portion of this season – um, and it was going to kind of be like a throwback to when Peyton Manning was drafted. 
obviously we know now that Ryan Leaf was a major bust. But this year was supposed to be um, two transcendent quarterbacks that are going to be playing their final season of football. Who's going to look better? Who's going to secure the number one pick? And um, now it's looking like we're only really going to see Trevor Lawrence do that. Um, yeah. yeah. What was the caller's uh, question specifically, though? No, I think he was just commenting on the four-two-five and how that uh, that could work for this defense going forward. Right. So we were just kind of recapping the things that we are trying to be positive about uh, going forward. We I want to hear more about this Joe Brady offense. So looking forward into next week and some different things is I want to learn how are we going to learn in this and I'm not I hate to say this new world I about had a shit fit when somebody said that I was like no it's not a new world I'm living in the same damn world I lived in eight months ago like let's stop with this weird talk I'm so I've become like the opposite of liberal Tony when it comes to COVID. Like I'm ready. And so anyway, I'm ready for to like, I don't even know how to gauge what the football team is going to look like. I don't have anything right now. I kind of, um, you know, I started talking sports so much because I got sick of politics, like not sick of politics, but I was so infuriated by like right. having, by having conversations. So with that, so I'm used to that being a part of my life that is, always turbulent right the panthers have not been turbulent for me you know they've been just something like it's like it was so easy for me so comfortable to cheer for them now like i don't even know how to watch training camp i need to know now we got to figure out how to watch preseason i'm ready to see this panthers team and i'm glad it's going to be a different one because imagine is i would expect for it to be nothing less than completely different this year so Oh, absolutely. I, I think that also might contribute to the lack of uh, excitement. Also, the fact that essentially there are no tickets available until, you know, somebody else decides they don't want to go to a Panthers game and you get to buy it off the open market, which is probably going to be three times the price. And can you TV. go to a game right now, CK? Because we're in the three. Half capacity. Right, but I don't think that it's legal in North Carolina to have that. Um, I'm I don't think it's illegal. No, I don't think it's illegal in North Carolina. I don't. There's no look. Since we're in phase all, two, do we not have to be in phase three? I think we got to well, be in phase, phase three to have major sp- gatherings like concerts. <clears throat> this would I'm be in sure. the neighborhood of a concert. Here's mm-hmm. my question. Then I mean, outside of all that, yeah, obviously, it, it, there's a lot of speculation about them having no, uh, you know, fans in the stadium. Um, I, I, you know, obviously I think that would be a mistake. I think the fans are a big part of it all. Same thing with like, it's really weird watching NBA, but what do you guys think about the idea? And it's something that's been floated out there for a while now, for at least the last five years of virtual reality attendance. Now I'm so ready for this. Oh, Hey, let me ring in whenever you're done. Yeah. I'm just ready for it. I, the idea is that you can let me, you, Cody, Greg, we can all be sitting on a bench, right, with the players, look to look and actually interact with our own, like, emojis or whatever you want to call them, our own uh, avatars, I guess is the better word, um, and actually be in the stadium and see everything in real time, look around, see, you know, the empty stands and all that. Would you be willing to 
to accept a scenario where you can't go to a Panthers game, but you pay ten dollars to watch a game that way. Yes, let without let, doubt. Let, uh, yeah. I want to be, and the only thing is, I have one condition, not one condition, is I want to watch the game through, like, the eyes of the quarterback. Yes, I can't wait till they put cameras. Like, they just put the the GoPro, like, right embedded into the helmet, and we could change from, like, so we could sit on the 45-yard line midfield for a little while. If we wanted a little time, we could go into the huddle. Yeah. We could well, do- that's what they talked about. Well, you wouldn't be able to do all of those crazy – unless it's, like, a, a no. major delay, you know, because then there's a risk of information theft, you know, being able to know the, the, the gameplay that's going to be called and stuff. Um, and that's where the risk, I think, would be of having the quarterback being able to look down at his armband and – you're seeing exactly where the quarterback sees. But I what think if a you lot couldn't of- see it until the play actually started, right? Like, no, is it? And then the last thing I did. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say I watched games in VR last year in NBA playoffs. It is fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, I have an Oculus Drift. Okay, so like if you or, so if you, uh, you know, I, I put that on and I put headphones in and literally I can't feel or see anything else around me. Like it's just that world. And watching NBA playoff games in that fashion, because you can watch it from the press box, you can watch it from the luxury box, you can watch it from four or five different places in the stands, you can watch it from the referee point of view, where you're right in front of the scorer's table, and yes, you can hear the teams on on, on the side of you talking while you do it. Because I, I did Do you get year. motion sickness I, and I, all? Because I get the 3D, when I'm like at the... Well, at the parks, right? Like in Virginia, my kids, we go to the bush gardens and stuff and you get in those. Now the chairs are That's doing this different. and they're so and I'll and I'll start sweating and I'm ready for it to be over. That's my only concern. Yeah. But yes, you I would pay ten dollars in a heartbeat. I would you rather do that than actually go. Easy. Twenty dollars easy to see a Panthers game from the sideline, yeah. from the fifty yard line, you know, uh lower level press box. Easy, tw- I'd probably pay fifty dollars for that. To be truly honest, don't with give you. them it ideas, Greg. Don't give them amazing. ideas. Yeah, and that was last year. The technology you got guys, better. You've got to think about it from this perspective, guys. Too and and Cody, I'll let you hop in here in just a second. I'll, I'll I'll say this: it makes a lot of sense for them to do that because if they can sell one seat for ten dollars to ten thousand people, they've yes. just they've yes. taken away one seat and mm-hmm. made. And lost maybe a thousand to two thousand dollars off of that one seat if it's front row, mm-hmm. and you've turned it into hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, you could still millions. sell that seat too. One day yeah. you could say, even in this world, is this is that like I might not be able to afford to go to Charlotte for the weekend, but I can afford to buy a twenty dollar pay per view ticket essentially. Yeah, well, um, and that's what I'm what I mean by that. But here's your question about the motion sickness. Um, if you're doing it from a point of view situation, if you're going to be doing it from a referee's hat where you're going to see him running, yes, you're going to absolutely get motion sickness. I'm going to have to get the drama. Me, I'll take a drama. Me, but if you're doing the sitting on the bench and watching it, if you like, if you can have like a fan blowing air on you to make it feel like you're actually there rather than your mind being tricked into right, leaving right. you there, but your body not feeling that way, that's where a lot of people really have trouble. Like if you go to Dave and Buster there in Charlotte. Um, and actually do their Jurassic Park 
Um, you know, they're they have the mist, they have the air. You you feel like you're outside the way they have it made. And I did not get motion sickness at all. You switch it over to their men in black. Oh my gosh, it was bad. It was so bad. And so it's just a matter of being able to, you know, if if you can do the the I like the idea of sitting on the bench next to your favorite player. Like sitting next to Christian McCaffrey, being able to sit on the bench, look over at him, and then just like almost feel like you're right there and able to talk to him. Right. That yeah. would be insane. Yeah. Yeah. They would have to have multiple camera views, like, because that would make it more fun. But you would have the fan view, like you said, this, the yeah. look. And you're going to give us the best seat. Uh, the one thing I hope they don't do is when they do the VR shit, is that they don't fuck it up and be too greedy. And that is like you got to pay like here we'll let you sit in the Your upper deck for this yeah, one. They, but if will. you want right it should just be one grand ass like I want them to do basically the idea is mass production is instead of trying to make as much as you can today let's just try to get more numbers of people watching. You know 10 20 dollars yeah. make it affordable. If you can sell one seat, like let's say you it's kind of like the NFL game. package for direct TV. What if you just bought it for the season for 320 bucks? I would pay that in a heartbeat if I could do it from that VR and actually know yeah. that I would be able to yeah, like it would be. That. Yeah, that, I would spend that in a heartbeat over top of the NBA. Or And the, the funny thing is, here's to be able to just switch over to a different game and be in a different stadium all of a sudden. Like I wanna, That would oh, be God. dope. What if it wasn't just well, the Panthers, like the NFL VR package? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like like yeah. red zone. What if you just did the red zone in VR where it was like every two yeah. seconds you were in a yeah. different stadium? <laughs> you're like you're looking over at different fans beside so, you. So uh, first let me start by saying this. Uh, I've actually I've used VR before. If you don't know, I'm in a wheelchair. Okay. Surprise, surprise. But I've I've had a friend put the VR headset on me before. And it's weird because like he's a big guy. My friend's six foot four. So whenever he puts the headset on, you have to adjust the height to be whatever height you are. Mm-hmm. So he puts this shit on me, and I'm in a video game moving around, looking around like I'm six foot four. Dude, <laughs> I can't tell you what a mind fuck that was. <laughs> but, yeah, I've never stood up in my life. But yeah, I'm doing it for that. Okay, now amplify that. My cripple ass in a football game, dude. I would never do anything else. Like that's the only way I would ever watch football forever. If that's yeah. the way I could, I want to be able to see Bridgewater go through his progressions, what's open on the field. Um, uh, you know, kind of see if I would be able to read blitzes and and know what's coming when when the audibles and yeah, even being in the seats, dude. I would love that, man. I'm if assuming they, they have this technology for porn, right? Oh, they did. Has anybody tried it? They have not delved into that rabbit hole. No, but has anybody here tried it? I have not. I mean, I don't no. know. I have, I have I not. Have I don't not. have any VR but stuff. I used to work at US Cellular, and people would come in and tell me they've done that, and they said, like, it's a game changer for them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no going back. Here's the thing that what y'all were talking about before, though, about the the pricing is I can tell you it's changed already. Last year, I watched the playoffs for free on VR because VR was coming out and still fairly new. Now it's a little more mainstream. It's a little more everybody has it. 
uh, or more people have it, and now I can't get it for free. And I guarantee you that's the way it's going to work. If they introduce VR into the NFL, it's going to be free or cheap at first. Then once VR becomes, if people can watch sports and VR become can. popular, once it becomes popular and everybody can access it, it'll become way more expensive. Yeah. Than, than well, start, uh, you know? it's going to be sort of like NFL Sunday ticket, right? It's you like know, cable. Like cable yeah. TV, basically. Yeah. You know? NFL Sunday ticket is super expensive. And then they add the max and then they add these yeah. little things that make mm-hmm. it. It you used know, to not yeah, be I, as I, bad. I think, Man. I think you're right on that. But I think this year is the year they need to figure it out. Because so many people are not going to be able to go to these games. And to be able to actually still be there and, and the companies, these teams still be able to make a revenue off of it outside of just NFL Sunday ticket, I think that that's so – important right now and if they have not begun you know began working towards being able to do that they are missing out on an opportunity to not have this just destroy the nfl's you know budget sheet next year do we know what we're gonna do yet because like i know jerry jones is dead set he said he's gonna have fans he's gonna have fans at AT at&t stadium we're we're notified as half capacity right now so they are going to let fans in boa yeah, they're they're gonna do that, and anybody who has uh, PSL tickets have dibs. Right, that's what the Panthers team. are gonna do. But is the state of North Carol- Carolina gonna let them do it? I guess schools oh, I are coming you. back. You know, so I was just under the impression that we had to be in phase three. We're in phase two right now. Cool. Still mandatory mass that these big gatherings. And somebody has brought up this point: is well, what if North Carolina can't? You can't do it in Charlotte. Do you go have these games at Clemson, right, like back in the day or something? And I did see that the Tennessee Titans announced that their home opener would not have any fans. And last, I'm now going to ice myself up for not having tried VR porn yet. So. Well, I, mean, I, haven't, I, haven't, well, I haven't tried it either. If you really want a mind trip, look at all the peripheral Accessories that go with the VR point. Oh gosh! Holy oh my lord! <laughs> Peripheral accessories? Oh, dude, there's a. Are you talking about like? Uh, are you talking about a pocket? Uh, I'm talking about pocket. I'm talking about. Have you guys that- seen the real dolls? Oh, the, what? Yeah. the true doll, the real doll. No. No. You have to Google these mugs. Oh yeah, are those, the, are those the robots? They're nah, they're like um the but they're like sex dolls, but they're like six grand, and yeah. they like I mean you can get you can they look pretty convinced. I mean you can still tell, Dude, but I the get funny a car for six grand for screw that. <laughs> you know, somebody car, was yeah. telling me though. Somebody was telling me about this shit because I hadn't. You know, I mean, I see some of this stuff pop up on like the. T- a lot of times, I'll see stuff on tech blogs because they have like how a we, tech tech sex thing. We're talking about how VR going, porn. How are we going from doing it to apple pies to doing it to six thousand dollars sex dolls? Uh, so dude, there is some sort of documentary be, out there. There's a documentary out there because these people are so into their real dolls. Right, like oh, they, like they're like important to them. And dude, there's they, a movie about they it. They send them the off to get refurbished, dude. You know, there's Phoenix. movies about that. No. Yeah, they they send them off to get refurbished. Imagine if you worked in the sex doll refurbishing <laughs> department, where you were oh, like, I gotta God. change out this cum soaked b- pussy. Ah, for this. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
you have to watch all this shame. Damn, I had a point I wanted to make before you started going on this porn reference here. And then, <laughs> no, no, I can't Sorry, y'all say. brought no, up the he, VR he, stuff. <laughs> hey, we're, we're about to. Hey, we just need to have. We just, we just have Greg's YouTube channel pulled up all the time. We're about to see. Oh, I know. Here. All right, so let's do that. Yeah. Let's there let's go. go to. Um, let's just go ahead and get to the ice up picks. We don't really have any more football to talk about. We've been talking about VR porn for the last five minutes. So the number is 252-228-5098. If you didn't know it, um, it's on the screen in two different places. Rich Kendall, if you didn't know it also, Cody's in a wheelchair, Rich. Oh, he's not here tonight. Where are you, Rich? We miss you. Uh, that was so fun last night. Call in the show over the next week. We'll get your call on the podcast, 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. And now it's time for us to ice some fools up. Tell them to toughen up to get it together. I'm going to go first because mine is pretty simple. And uh, that is the Carolina Hurricanes need to ice up. These oh guys, my gosh, yeah. oh, my gosh. They, bl- they blew a 2-0 Thank lead. You. Mm-hmm. Boston is a better team. Let's just go ahead and be clear about that. You just look at Boston, and they they just keep coming. They keep coming. They get shots on net. But I tell you this is that the Hurricanes, man, can go from playing some pretty good hockey to playing the worst damn hockey, and they can't clear a zone. Um, Boston had a power play where they were in the Hurricane zone the entire two minutes. The entire, they didn't clear it one time. Now, it didn't result in a goal, but this is that you just can't play. They're going to get beat. And like they got beat by Boston, I hate to say that. You like the young, exciting players. But, man, uh, when you have a power play two what, two games ago and you didn't have it in their zone the whole time, like our power play game has sucked. And our neutral ice game stinks. Carolina Hurricanes, ISO. Uh, well, to be fair, the game one, the one that was delayed that we were trying to watch last week, uh, bad officiating. Very sure. bad officiating. Sure, sure. And I, th- I think it did affect the game because that game went into overtime. It's been bad officiating throughout. The Canes have not gotten any good. They have not been the beneficiaries of any calls. But they really haven't done themselves any favors either. No. So, I agree. tough, right. tough. All right, who's next? Uh, I'll go. All right, get them. Ice them I'm, up. I'm simple, too. I'm icing up my computer because I came home Monday, so yesterday, uh, about 7.30, because Monday's my late day, and my friend alerted me, uh, my co-host from my other shows, alerted me that um, my, I was streaming live on YouTube. So I have you know a few other shows, and I do one live on YouTube, the Super, Super Simple Servants podcast, uh, but I didn't set it up to go live. So I came in my computer room, and my computer is off. Shut down, completely off. Not on my phone. I have no idea where he's hearing me from this, but he got an alert that we were live. So I turn my computer on. Everything is set up for me to have a show, and I am streaming after I turn my computer on. So I don't know what that was. Maybe I was hacked. Don't know what's going on. But my computer was off, and when I turned it on, it was completely set up to stream a show. And for two hours, there was a blank screen streaming of just the noise in my house. So to my computer, I say ice up because that freaked me the fuck out. We saw the bat daddy roll up a fat daddy. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's like, like my biggest no fear in the world. No idea. Oh, dude, it was terrible. And and I all I could think was like, cause you know, me and my wife. I got caught with my office, real doll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all I could think was, did I say anything incriminating? Did I say anything bad? Did I say anything that I don't want people to hear? Did all my I wife walk think, through here buck naked? Luckily, <laughs> she. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. But I, I, I just, you know, I couldn't believe it. I have no idea how it happened. So scary. So podcast. My that computer is... was off. Like, it's so crazy. But to my that, computer, I They're thought, watching us, man. The government, the popo, the government is watching us. And you just happen to be live streaming. I did see a, one of those stupid stories that you click on. There was a, a Zoom call in Buenos Aires. Like with like the town council and some dudes banging his wife in the back, like <laughs> like he didn't know it or like they're having sex in the background on the camera, like he thought it's I don't know what they thought it was the dumbest thing. So dude, uh, that's scary. Put your will. Yeah. Make sure that you put. You know, a lot of the women I work with, and my wife is one of these. They put with the uh, the work computers. They put a damn sticky note over the camera. Oh yeah, like a fear that somebody knows how to pour it in and be watching yeah. you without even knowing. Do that with their laptop. I might do that now. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, I, I've been half tempted while I'm sitting here working. Like I'm, I'll look at my webcam. I'm like, the light's not on, but is somebody watching me right now. Right. Mm. I mean, I my, bed, my bed is over my shoulder. Yeah. I don't want people to see what I do in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sleeping shit is crazy. Cody, it's already out there, bro. Yeah, we've been watching the whole time. We get the popcorn ready. We've been watching Greg. Greg's been. What has he been doing? He's been smoking those four, those half nickel cigarettes. Dude, if if that ever happens to me, I'm just gonna start in OnlyFans and just be a porn star. Yeah, he said, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lean in at that point in time." Like, yeah, I mean, end. I think this well. is that you already broadcast like four to like like ten hours a week. Why not just expand your role and go yeah, live? A reality, first cripple porn star. I don't think you'd be the first. Yeah, there's got to be. We're gonna have, but you could be the most popular. There's a bunch of them, but how many of them are stars? That's true. That's right. You could be the most I'm popular. I agree. Bat Daddy. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I'm yeah, because Rich Kendall gonna, is not here to lust over your. You got to shave off the beard and leave the porn stash, bro. Yeah. 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 All I, right. Um, so who's Sadly, next? Sadly, to boost your numbers, we'll all watch your porn. Just so Ice up. Uh, right. a real friend. Craig right. is willing to watch my porn. That's a friend, man. <laughs> That's right. All right. Who's next? I'm icing you guys up. Who's next? <laughs> uh, I'll go next, man. Just pull up my video. If, oh uh, shit! Which one was it? The uh, the the punter. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! This is oh, yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. This actually, thank you. I needed a laugh. <laughs> so the Panthers uh, have oh, been shit. trying out punter Joseph Charlton, and huh. homie has not had a good past few days. Um. As evidenced by this video, All right, in which homeboy, homeboy shanks a punt over the fucking wall, bro. Like not on, not on the field. It went over forty yards laterally. Yeah. Dude, I saw this, and I'm like, 
how do you fuck it up that bad? Right. Yeah. That bad. Not even on the football field. You missed a hundred percent of the mark. Like I think, I think he where I used to work in Charlotte. Uh three and thirteen still sound crazy. <laughs> Not at all, bro. Not at all. I think so, this just confirms that we're not planning on going for field goals or punts. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we we guess we got Joey Sly. We got out territory. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it is right. a. We are going for it hardcore. Either they plan on playing from behind a lot, or they are really hoping to just put the the, the their foot on people's throats as they go. So <laughs> this uh, is. I hope you're saying I'm gonna read the comment in the chat, please. What? I was hoping to <laughs> Cody read the code. Read Joey the Blind Panthers I'd last comment. No, the one more. There's one more. Yeah, sorry, oh, Cody. Sorry, I can't watch your porn. How is that? That's like the best. But I, but I can listen. <laughs> I don't get it. Joey, if you pay me a little extra, I'll narrate everything. For you. Or no, no. Code Dizzle will narrate yeah, everything. Yeah, oh, oh, my gosh. Will when Optimus Prime gets busy. Uh, this, this moment. Cody laid the hammer. Oh, I forgot this. You know what? I totally forgot this, guys. And this is um, a throwback. And we got to get out of here. But... um. Where's the Kindle? Uh, so I was on the, I went on vacation. There's some people I went with. They hit a bookstore before they went, you know, before they got on the plane in Key West. And the, uh, the wife bought something like a good gronking. It was one of those gronk, se- like the sports sex books. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that where, and I forgot. Do you guys remember I bought the cam one? What? What is it? You guys don't remember this? I bought this. It's a sex book called Dabbing with Cam. No, I did not know that. But, uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I I ran here. Here, I'll I'll read you a little passage. I ran up his huge muscular back and around to his neck. His neck was as thick and as strong as a tree trunk. I felt muscles I didn't even know humans had. I slid my hands down his chest and let out a moan. You feel so good, I said. His head was laying back, his mouth open. Let me see. She calls him a man of steel in here. Uh, oh, what else? You didn't write this? Yeah. Oh, I, right, I hear right. a lot of hints of Tony in here. Yeah, Dude. I hear a lot of Tony Dunn in that. Uh, I'm telling you, it's called Dabbing. With, oh, and look at the picture. It looks like J- uh, Jason Strahan on the cover. Let me see. If I can, sh- it won't. Let's see if I can hold my phone up. Hold on. Can you see him? No, oh, you're all the way. You've oh. you've taken it completely out of the. Yeah, yeah, you're off of the so, so, anyway, dabbing with Cam. Anyway, uh, that yeah, my real sex doll is gonna be a Cam Newton doll. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you turn it over. To, to this Charleston <laughs> guy or whatever, to the punter who can't punt onto our field. Uh, you're probably not going to make the team, so this is even worse than I'm piling on, but ice up, son. Ice up. All right, CK, what you got for us? Um, mine just happened. I told you guys I was dealing with a toddler. Well, my toddler has, uh, 
you know, he's he'll be turning four this uh, in the next couple of weeks. He has a bunk bed. It's not tremendously high. It's not a giant one. It's not a bunk bed. It's just a, a heightened one. He has like a little loft underneath it um, or a little uh, play area underneath it. Uh, well, we've been telling him for weeks, you cannot play jump stand or anything like that. While we were doing the podcast, I heard a thump. Dude fell and almost broke his neck. Oh. Falling off of it. Oh, no. Luckily, he landed on his back, but he oh. was like inches away from landing. <laughs> Luckily, on his he back. only broke his oh, back. No. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I was. Yeah, um, and so, what I, I was watching um, Rob Snyder's comedy, stand up comedy, and he was talking about his parents. All we remember is getting hurt and being told, I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens? See what happens? Don't you have the spy cam? Do you have the spy cam on your kid? Yeah, that's how I knew what happened. Can you do you have it on recording? Can you clip that for us for next week? I've got it now if you want me to pull it up. Yeah, I want to see this. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see that incident. That's right. (laughs) I accidentally left. Let me get it here. Sorry about that. Let me see if I can go. Hold on. That sound. Let's... You're good. Yeah. yeah, you're back. All right, here we go. Just a second. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see. I have a friend who he showed me he got caught on a nanny cam and he's been like he likes to work late. We're both kind of night owls. We work late and stay up, drink, you know, and he had been drinking these Red Bull and vodkas or whatever. And he fell asleep working at his computer and he was sitting straight vertical, just sitting. And he's on the nanny cam and he falls 100% backwards and does like his feet go tumble over his head. <laughs> like he could have killed himself like that just because he was work. It was like pulling a Greg podcast <laughs> until his eyes can't stay open. All right. Yeah. This is taking a long time. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Here, All right. me, All right, I'm see. right there. I'm right here. He's right here. All right. Let's let me go kid. fast forward here. All right, let me share it. Present now. A window. A and then I got to change stuff on here once you do that. Oh, no, perfect. Perfecto. All right. Oh, Whoa. there he is. There we go. There he Hold is. On, this is this kid. Not coming down the ladder the right way. Nope. Like, see, let's see what this what? kid's doing right here. What is oh, he? Whoa. He's like a, like the, sh- like a, <laughs> kid in a horror movie <laughs> like why is he standing upside down okay what's yeah, now he's just standing there all creepy and stuff <laughs> he might uh have the, that ghost in him from the ring see it's funny as a parent i try to think about what my kids do while they're while i tell them to go to bed i try not to think my, about my my kids. my kids are older all so right, it's you guys ready it's weird it's right, coming yeah, up here soon Alright. I don't know uh, what this uh, kid's doing look, right now. Like it looks like some sort of exorcism. <laughs> I wanna he be stretched, hurt. He stretched his neck. Look up. Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought oh. he jumped over his head. Oh my god. Oh, he's he's pretending okay? to be a gorilla. Watch this. He does this whole little thing. Oh no. <laughs> Ow. Oh, no. Oh. Terrible. oh, so literally, Blake, ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> really? Oh. Well, is that, right. is that the first ice up? 
Maybe Tony's eyes. Yeah, I set my so. family all the time. Uh, only myself more. All right, so C3 Panthers Podcast. 252-228-5098. You can follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, how can they get after you? Uh, at Cody Lack on Twitter. C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, you can talk to me about just about anything and everything you want. Uh, you can find me on the Cripple Connection podcast every Saturday uh, at 4 p.m. Me and my buddy Jeffrey do it live on YouTube. And um, that's about it. Every month, there's a brand new draft on drafttech.com with brand new comments for the Carolina Panthers written by yours truly. Greg, I binged the first season of The of the Boys oh, again. How happy are you? It's so yeah. good. So good. I'm so ready for number two. And um, well, Hey, you want to come on for number two, the review? Yes. Yes, and okay. I want to go ahead and put this out as uh, the music selection in this show. Oh, amazing. So fitting, so fitting. And my favorite episode from season one was the one at the revival, the Christian revival. Yeah. So jacked mm-hmm. up, so many levels. There's a lot. That show is so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I do suggest everybody go back and watch it again before the new one comes out. You will forget yeah. how much you forgot. Or you'll remember how much you forgot. Um, Greg, go ahead and tell us how they can find you on your mini podcast. Uh, dude, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. It's my personal handle. Then I'm also part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Uh, you Google or Google that or search for that any podcast catcher you can find. You'll find me. Uh, I do the DC Alliance podcast on Tuesday nights, or excuse me, Tuesday mornings. Uh, Superhero Discussions comes out on Friday where we cover animated television shows. Uh, Super Civil Service Podcast is on Friday evenings, live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Uh, Cody, you were on my show last week. Um, you know, CK, uh, Tony, you've been on there before. Planning on having you in there in the future. Uh, we cover just about everything there. The network covers Marvel, DC, Star Wars, The Big Trinity, but my show covers just about everything else, so there's a little bit of everything in there. And then I have a show once a month called Batman, You Can Believe Me, which comes out, the new episode comes out Thursday, if you're a Batman fan. Check it out, Geek First Network. But uh, go check out the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, and uh, you can find me all the time, just about every day, seven days a week. We podcast. So, CK, I feel like you're really starting to settle in to your streaming skin, right? Yeah, um, it's you're really doing like a lot there. Yeah, it's like I feel like it's gotten its personality now. Uh, it's starting yeah, to it's, set in. It's touch and base, man. Disabled Gamer raided me last night, so that was cool. I was rolling with about 100 people watching there for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been incredible. It's been a, it's been a ride. It's slowed down slightly, so, uh, you know, just been until last night, you know, then we kind of had another resurgence there and just continue to push on. Right now, we're, um, what my goal is, is if I can get 250 returning viewers from one week to the next, meaning if 250 people watched me last week, if I can have 250 of those same people return next week and watch for an additional three minutes, then I can get my supporter button where people can do $5 a month and I can give them extra benefits such as, you know, toe picks, um, you know, okay. I no, no. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, but um, I, 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 there's things that I can do. There's stickers, there's benefits. There's a, I can create a discord and have a private discord server for, uh, anybody who decides to do that. So 
I just need to get to that point. That's my next stepping stone, and then just continue to grow, man. Hey, just give them three minutes of your too? time. Oh, it's still on. It's I haven't hit a thousand yet. We're so like two hundred people away. Right? Yeah, like two hundred people away. I feel like. Do we get to yeah. pick? Where, I forgot the stipulation. Do we get to pick what it is and where it's at? So what I'm probably gonna do is I'm probably gonna uh, have some approved tattoos that my wife decides is okay um because you know how they say happy wife happy life you got to get that um, transformer scratchy the head that's what it just needs tramp you know, there you yeah, go tramp stamp yes if i, like I could get an approved set of like tattoos i would probably put up a poll and let people vote um okay. and go from there but yeah i know it's that's how much he loves his fans he'd rather them like his tattoo than him <laughs> oh, I said a list of approved tattoos. Okay. Uh, to be fair, I'm drawing um, them for you, buddy. My vote is for this. Somebody was telling me they were at a Buffalo Bills game, and this guy had a tattoo, and he had a leg on his by, under, like under his arm, <laughs> and then he had yeah. a leg here, and his armpit was it was a woman's leg, and and then the armpit was the. Bush. <laughs> Sorry. Where All do right. you go with this show? It's All right. crazy. We'll see you next Tuesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.